Good morning, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off the eighth chapter of Babakama, the bottom of page 88b, second line from the bottom. Dedicates to our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, especially those in the front line, and may all the wounded have a full speedy recovery, all the hostages return home safely, their families, the Nishmas of Dav Nachman and Moshe, for Shlaim of Perovas So, yesterday we learned Takanas Ush. That the woman, the wife, sells her property, which is in the possession of the husband during the marriage, he gets the, the fruits, the benefits. The benefits from the property, and she sells it. So, but really, it's her right to sell it, it's her property. And nevertheless, we say if she predeceases her husband, the husband could extract it from, from the buyer. Even though she had a right to sell it, therefore it doesn't belong to the husband. He shouldn't inherit her. But the rabbis wanted to strengthen the, uh, the power of the husband. So they made a special enactment that we look at the husband as if he's the first buyer. His, he bought the property before the other buyer, and therefore he keeps the property. He takes it out of the hands of the buyers. We also learn a braisa that supports that says that supports this. It's regarding the laws of Adam Zem. We learn witnesses come and testify that a person divorced his wife before front of us and he gave her the ksuva. The husband says, I don't know what you're talking about. I never divorced my wife. I didn't give her a silver because I never divorced her. And the truth is, they're not divorced. It was all made up, fabricated. False witnesses. They weren't even present. And then we have witnesses testify. They couldn't even testify. They weren't even there. False testimony. We don't say you shall move. So you have to do to them what they tried to do to the husband. They tried to force him to pay the ksuva when she wasn't entitled to a ksuva because he never divorced her. So they should force the witnesses, the false witnesses, to pay the ksuva. We say, no, we don't force them to pay the full ksuva. You only have to pay the value of what the ksuva is now. In other words, a married woman who maybe it's a gamble, maybe she'll get a ksuva, maybe she won't. The husband dies. If he divorces her, she gets a ksuva. She dies first. The husband does not divorce her, and she dies first, she doesn't get a dime. So, what's the value in the marketplace? How much would a person gamble? Speculations. The speculative market. How much would a person pay? I'll buy the ksuva. If in case you do get the ksuva, it's mine. So I can walk away with that a penny. Because if she dies first, they're happily married. He's not divorcing her anytime soon. And she dies first. If he walks down the street and gets run over, then, then he doesn't get a dime. There's no ksuva. It, so it's a gamble. So how much is a person willing to pay in the marketplace? There's a market for this. It's a gamble. How much, the futures. Yeah, futures market, exactly. How much does a person pay that I can exercise the right? If it happens, it's a risk. If I exercise, it's an option. I'm selling options. I have an options, right? A call option. Either I get, I get to, to buy it or I walk away with, uh, with nothing. So how much is that worth? 
And that's what. And that's what. That's what he pays. How the case Ezo? And he explained the Bryce explains. What do you mean? Tevis and Noxu. Kaitsa Ezo. Tevis and Noxu. Imdin. We evaluate Kamadim and Eitz Litin. How much does a person want to give? Iksuva Shalzu. In this Armula, if she's widowed, then this Karsha, the husband divorces her. Then she would collect the ksuvah, and therefore the one who purchased it from her gets the ksuvah. But the inmates, uh, if she dies, she predeceases her husband, the husband gets everything, he gets nothing. So how much is it worth? And that's what you have to try, the false witnesses try to deprive her of ksuvah. They say that the husband divorced her and he paid her already. So if in fact they are divorced, there's no question. They would have to pay the full silver. They deprive her of the full silver. That's what the bride says. We're talking about not only the full. She's they're still married. So, so what did they deprive her of? What did they deprive her of? They can't say they deprived her of the whole silver. Maybe she's not getting a penny anyway. Maybe they deprived her of nothing. Maybe she's going to die before her husband, and she won't get a dime. So they they didn't deprive her anything anyway. She wasn't going to get anything. So you can't say that the false witnesses have to pay the whole ksuba. But you evaluate how much would a person bet right now, speculate and bet right now, how much is that the chances are that she's going to get a ksuba. So whatever money that is, that's the money, that, that's the value that's, that they try to deprive her of. Right now she could have sold a ksuba. She didn't get a ksuba yet. She's married. She didn't get a ksuva yet. She could have sold this for this value, but now the witnesses said that she already got paid. No one's going to buy a penny from her. She can't sell it for, 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 for five for a nickel. She can't give it away for free. But she, was, she would otherwise, without these false witnesses, she would be able to sell it because it has a certain value. And they deprived of the value. That's what they have to pay. Okay, that's the Baraisa. So what's the proof? What's Ravi the Baravan's proof? We're going to say we don't hold it the connoisseurs. That if a woman sells her property, she could sell it, and then when she dies, the buyer gets the property, not the husband. If that's the case, am I? Am I by law? Why do we say that the husband will automatically that if she predeceases her husband, the husband will inherit? Why she can sell it to Zabin? Ksuba, she can sell it Ksuba. To the buyer, and then even after she dies, it goes to the buyer. Um, she can sell her nichtsetim by the ksuva. In other words, there's two parts of the ksuva. There's the hundred dollars or two hundred dollars you have to pay if she's virgin. You have to pay her two hundred zuz. Or if she's a not virgin, you have to pay a hundred zuz. But then there's the other part of so all the property that she brings into the marriage that belongs to her. And she has full responsibility. There's two parts. There's those properties that are nichsit in other words, they're ironclad, that it's her property, and he takes, I mean, he takes, I'm sorry, the husband takes full responsibility. He has to return to her the properties as they were when they entered the marriage, and he's fully responsible. It's called Nixit Sim Barzal, it's ironclad. 
And then you have Nechsimilog, it's her property, her responsibility, but he gets the benefits. He gets to take possession and takes enjoys the fruits, the benefits. So that's the Ksuvah, that when, if he divorces her or he dies, all the, all the property goes back to her. It's her property, it goes back to her. So, so we're saying, so right now we're, the Brais is saying that if the if there were false witnesses who claimed that he gave back the whole ksuba, and it turns out that not only they're false witnesses and she's still married, so therefore when they tried, so the Brayses says, what did they try? What was the loss? What was the loss? They didn't deprive her of the ksuba. She's married. There's no ksuba coming to her anyway. But they deprived her because she could have sold it. If he, if she didn't yet collect the ksuva, there's a value in the market. How much you can sell it? And that's what they deprived her by testifying that she he already got the full ksuva. She got everything. She can't sell it anymore. But the truth is, she's married. And if she's if she's divorced, she didn't lose anything. She can she can go ahead and collect it. Divorce, divorce, then, then they, they, they tried to, she was going to lose everything. They said she got everything, she got nothing. Not even a question, the, the false witnesses have to pay for everything. But she's not divorced. So she gets nothing. He's alive and they're married, happily married, still in all. The witnesses should pay everything because they did deprive her of everything because she could have sold it. She could have gotten the full value of it because it doesn't matter if she sells it. Even if she predeceases her husband, the, the buyer would still get everything, 100%, because it's hers to sell. It's hers to sell. So he has a right to sell it. So this proves that they already had the Takanas Usha. They already had this enactment. The rabbi said that if, if she predeceases her husband, the husband gets everything. That's why it doesn't have the same value. It can't have the full value. She can't sell it for the full value. No one's going to buy it, because if she dies first, the buyer will get zilch. Nada, garnish, klum, zero. So therefore, she has to. That's why she has. She, it's only a speculation. It's a gamble. So whatever the value of that, that's what they deprived her. So Abaye says no. It's true. It's true that she can't sell the ksuva, not because of takanasush. Because when do we say that she has a, prop, a right to sell a property? It's only niximiluk because she owns the property. She takes full responsibility for the property. The husband is not responsible at all for the property. But he gets all the benefits. He gets the possession. He gets to eat the fruits and enjoy the fruits. So since it's hers, therefore she has a right to sell it 100%. When the case of Tzim Barzil, that's written in the Ksuva. The Ksuva that's written in the same Barzil because he takes responsibility for it. If, if, the, if the property that she enters into the marriage depreciates, the husband has to make good for her, has to make it up. He takes full responsibility. So in those, that case, of course she can't sell it because the husband not only gets the fruits from it, he, he takes full responsibility. So in that case, she can't sell it. So, she, so the false witnesses didn't deprive her of the full value of these properties. She can't sell it. It's only speculation. Speculation is if if she'll get a ksuva, if the husband will divorce her, or if the husband will die first, then she's selling it. But if she dies first, she gets nothing. She gets nothing. So this proves. This proves. So it has nothing to do with the kindness of Usha. 
The corner of Usher was only even though legally she has a right to sell it, it's her property. She takes full responsibility for her property. If it appreciates, it's on her. If it appreciates, on her. So therefore, it's her, her property. It's her right to sell it. And they we're not talking about that. That she has a right to sell and that they have to pay in full. When the Braise says that you evaluate, we're talking about Tiksuva. The Nixitin Barzel. Nixitin Barzel, she has no right to sell it. So of course, she, 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 they didn't deprive her, the false witness didn't deprive her of the full value of the property. They just deprived her on, on the value of the speculation, on the calls, on the, on the options. Since we're talking about Tevis and Noah, I want to say something about it. What about her? A woman sells a ksuva. So a speculator, options. Maybe you'll exercise it, maybe you'll, you'll, you'll get bubkis. The Isha have the woman gets it. The husband has no share. The woman gets it. He has no share. You can't say, okay, go take this money. Buy a property, and I'm gonna I'm gonna eat the fruits from the property. Or buy a stock, and I'm I'm gonna get the dividends. No, 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 no. Or buy a, buy property, and I'll take the rent. The, why? If you're gonna say if you're gonna say that the husband gets it, so the witnesses can say to the woman, my What did they? We didn't cause any loss. Because even if you would have sold it to a speculator, the Tevis and Noah, it's not yours anyway. The husband gets it. You get zero. So we didn't deprive you of anything. So it's a proof that she does get it. And they deprived her of that, of that payment. So the mother disproves it. Rav Shalman, no, that's not a proof. He disproves Abayah's Kiddush. So it's not a proof. Mishum. Even if the husband gets it, she benefits because there's more cash in hand. So you can spend more. You can be more lavish on the on paying for the expenses in the house. You can live. You can live up. You can live a higher standard of living. So it's her benefit that that that, that she can sell the ksuvah. She benefits directly from. It. The law is Abai is correct. Even though Rabbi always argues with Abai, in this case is Abai is correct. There was an old Isha. In a bal the husband doesn't get any fruits. If she invests in an apartment or she invests, the husband doesn't have no connection to this money. My time, why? Because paid at the The rabbis enacted that you get to possess and you get to enjoy the fruits. Paid the paid but the fruits of the fruits. It's not a produce of the produce. It's not a. Uh, uh, directly from the original that she brought into the marriage. It's the fruit of the fruit. But these are, she's getting, she's selling the property. So these are the fruits of the property. The fruits of the fruits, they never enacted. They didn't go so far. She invests in that money, he doesn't get the fruits. But that will be the, the fruits of the fruits, the produce of the fruits. Okay. Came from the academy of they said, and you know, we learn in the Mishnah, in the previous Mishnah, we learn, if you damage, if you wound and damage a slave, a Canaanite slave, and a woman, it's bad for you. Because you have to pay for their damage, but if they do damage to you, they have nothing to pay with. Right. Their master, the husband, doesn't have to pay, and they have nothing to pay with. Exactly. 
Yes, if they're free and if they have money, they will have to pay. But right now, they have nothing to pay with. So what's the proof from here? If you're going to say that we don't hold of the constitution, the woman could sell her niximilog and it completely sell it to the buyer. If that's the case, the zabe niximilog shalom. And what do you mean she doesn't have what to pay? Of course she can pay. She has a disability, she can sell it and pay. <laughs> it's a proof. Ah, brilliant proof, right? Take good care of your wife and make sure she lives. Don't cause her aggravation. Be nice to her. Treat her well and make sure she'll live a long life. She's the heiress. She's the billionaires. You married wealth, okay? So take good care of her, and as long as she's alive, you get you get all the fruits, you get all the all the dividends, all the benefits, all the rents. according to you, so you want to prove from here that comes Israel. Why? It still doesn't answer your question. He that she can't sell the full value, But the but it still has a value. We just said in the speculative market. There's an option to buy it. It has a value because just in case. Maybe maybe the husband will die. Even after Takanazusha, maybe the husband will die first, or the husband will divorce her. And she'll get and, and therefore then he'll get all the property. So it has a value. Why don't we force her to sell the property, the Nirsimiluk for Tevas and and therefore she can pay. She can pay her damages that she's done. Ella, rather, the less law. We're talking about a case she doesn't have. Of course, if she has property, even if there's no Takana Susha, we're not talking about that. Either way, even with Takana Susha, there's a value. She can sell it. So we'll force her to sell it. Of course, we'll force her to sell it and to pay the damages. We're talking about a woman who doesn't have any property. Okay, the less law. If she sells it, if she sells it and it's a good sale, so the husband will get angry, but on the other hand, the husband has an incentive to keep her, keep her alive and well, make treat her very well, so make sure she lives, she lives forever, as long as he's alive, be happily married. So he, well, it doesn't matter if she sold it. I'm, as long as I'm alive, after he dies, he couldn't care less. But as long as the husband is alive, I get to benefit all the benefits of this property. So it would be an incentive for the husband. So maybe when the people are on a higher level. On the contrary, that worked as an incentive to treat his wife nicely. But the rabbis saw that the generations are getting lower and lower. And they saw the husband is getting very angry, not thinking through rationally, thinking you know, very selfishly. Like, oh, she sold it. How dare her? It's my property. I was hoping to get it after she dies. You know, as if he's planning her death. <laughs> as if he's helping her die quickly so he can get the property. So the rabbis enacted, made an enactment, you know what, that he gets to keep, she can't sell it, he can cancel the sale. So maybe it's a sign if he did this, it's not a sign, a good sign that the people are on a high level. For a thousand years, we didn't need Takana Susha. From Matan Teira until Takana Susha, the Jewish people were doing very well without this Takana. As the generations became more egotistical, so this pride will be wounded, and therefore we have to make this an enactment. Okay. The mother says, but the zabbing suvos, she was a petitin law. When they call us a victim, as every woman has a suva, even if she has no property, she doesn't bring any property into the marriage. Right. 
But she has a ksuba. She has a hundred or two hundred if she's a virgin. And plus and, whatever and that added had, to it. Plus his own. Yeah, yeah. Generous, exactly. stuff. And that has a value. She can sell right. that. The secondary ksuba. She can right. sell that. Right. That has some value. So whatever value she can get, let her sell it to a right. speculator. That if might, if the husband pre- if right. she predeceases the husband, if he dies, he, she collects. He gets nothing. Right. But yeah, if right. he dies, and or if she divorces her, she gets. So it, it has a value. Whatever it is, she has to sell it and give it to the to the damagee. With the zabing suvasa betevas and the Sigimara says, Amani, what answers Amani, our mission follows the opinion of Rabbi Meir. It's not an option. You can't sell the, she can't sell the, so it's not an option. Because if you sell the, so she, he, the husband can't live with her even for a moment. You have to guard your super with your life. You want to live with your husband, you have to make sure. The husband wants to live with his wife, he has to make sure she has a ksuvah, that she's going to get something. She's going to be taken care of. Yes, exactly. She's going to be taken care of. Yeah. She's going to be taken care of after, if anything happens to her. Otherwise she doesn't feel secure. Your mother says, but time am I. What's the reason? What's the reason why the rabbis made this enactment that you must have a ksuvah? Today is late that the husband shouldn't treat her like, uh, you know, disposable. Uh, okay, I don't like you, you're out of here. No, it's going to cost you. So it's, it's, you're going to think twice. You know, financial, a lot of marriages stay together because they're thinking about finances. It's very hard. You're going to think twice or three times or four times about divorcing. It's going to cost you a lot of money. So, so you want to you want to make it. It's not like an easy decision, disposable. Okay, goodbye. I'm not interested. The smallest hiccup, goodbye. I don't want to fight for this marriage. I don't want to work in it. No. So, but also So, what difference? This will help. The ksuba is still affected. What difference does it make? He's last to pay the ksuba. What difference does it make if he has to pay her? He has to pay the buyer, the speculator. He's going to think twice before he divorces her because he's going to have to pay up the two hundred or the hundred. The other one will collect it, but he still has to pay, so it's just as effective. Ella, rather, the reason why we don't force it to sell it, because Tevis and us is a million. We force the damager to pay from real property, not speculation. Even though it has a value and she can get money for it, that, that's, that's, that's a Luftgeschäft. The speculative market, the options market, is a Luftgeschäft. Anyone who lives off options, you have no life. You know, it's ups and downs and you're constantly risky and you can lose everything, you lose your shirt. And, um, you know, you're worried and you're anxious and you're glued. You have no menuchas and nefesh. It's the worst thing in the world. That's why the Rebbe was against all these things. It's so, it's, it robs you of any menuchas and nefesh. Constantly thinking and worrying and speculating, you have no no peace of mind. So this is this is a luftgeschäft. You know you can't you can't force her to pay the damagee with luftgeschäft. You know with things that are only real hard assets. I'm selling something real. I'm not selling a story, an option, a baba meiser. Could be, could be, could not be. It's a speculation. So the mother says, "Hello, Amalai, why not?" But I can sell it for money. What difference does it make? What difference does it make? It's a Lufgeschäft. Someone is ready to pay for it. So let her sell it. She has real hard cash. Let her pay with the hard cash that she gets. She hurt, hurt someone. She damaged someone. She's, she's a mature adult. She's obligated to pay. She can make money on this Lufgeschäft. There's this a fool who's ready to pay for this. Let him pay. She collects the money and let her pay for the damages.
Ella rather the reason why she doesn't have to sell Uksuva and to pay for the damages Mishum de Shmuel because of Shmuel Dama Shmuel Shmuel says if I sell a deed a, de- a debt a cre- uh, I'm the creditor someone owes me money and I sell that that obligation that note I sell it to someone else so even though I sold it and the other one can go collect the debt the original creditor can still forgive can forgive the debt because who is the, who is the borrower responsible to to the original creditor I don't know you he sold you the, the, this paper he sold you this note fine but still it's between me and the creditor between me and the lender so the lender has a right to forgive him even if he dies his children have a right to forgive forgive the debt and it's forgiven so if she sells it maybe she's going to go and forgive her husband and the buyer won't collect anything Right. so the mother says so so what right now sell it she's getting hard cold cash let her give the damage let her give pay Okay, so she's a bandit, so she, she did something terrible, so she forgave the husband. What, so what? So he's messed up. But, 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 but the bottom line is, he has cash now. She can, if there's a sucker, if there's a fool who's ready to speculate, who's ready to live his life and spend his life buying options and wants to speculate and is ready to give her hard cold cash, let her collect the hard cold cash, let her pay for the damages, and if she forgives, she forgives, it's his problem. What does it have to do with the damage? Why shouldn't the damage collect money? So Amri, they said in the yeshiva, she surely will forgive. Because it's her husband, she loves her husband, she doesn't want her husband to lose anything. Especially she has, she has no, she, has, she, she sold it already, she has no benefit, and she's never going to get a dime. Everything she got, she paid for the damage. She, she, there's no ksuva for her anymore. So to, to force us, we're basically, we know for sure that this fool, the speculator who's ready to pay, is going to walk away with zero. <laughs> there's no question. It's not even a doubt. Why in the world wouldn't she forgive her husband? What incentive does she have? What does she care about the sucker who, bought, who paid her? What does she care? It's her husband. So she'll endear herself to her husband. She'll forgive the ksuva. He won't have to pay a dime. He'll end up with nothing. For us to force, to force her to pay, we, we know we're messing up another person. We can't do that. You know, today you have a stock, uh, Goldman Sachs was caught selling junk to their clients. You know, they, they knew it was junk. They don't care. But we do care. We can't, we can't bring ourselves to force her to sell it we know when the person is buying it is going to get royally messed up. We can't do that. We just can't do that. You know, we're, we're, we're not, we're scrupulous. We can't be, we can't be so immoral. Zaz, what do you mean? What are you worried she's going to forgive Aksuva? How could she forgive Aksuva? If she forgives Aksuva, she can't live with her husband. We just said, the mayor says, if he doesn't have Aksuva, she can't live with her husband. You need a barrier. You need something to, a restraining. The Aksuva is a restrainer to make sure he doesn't act impulsively, he's not just going to divorce her because he's going to have to pay. If she forgives the ksuva, he doesn't have to pay anyone, she can't live with her husband. So how is it even a possibility she's going to forgive the, forgive ksuva? Tesis answers, Tesis answers, firstly, he can forgive, she can forgive the ksuva and he'll write her another ksuva. 
a nuksova. So that ksova that she sold is gone, is finished. And he writes a nuksova. <coughs> yeah, but then <coughs> the damager can go after that also. The other thing is, or he can divorce her. She'll forgive, then she has a right to forgive ksova. Then he'll write a nuksova. Okay, but still, the damage he can go after that. We learned earlier, remember, we started this morning, the Braisa said that if the false witnesses testify that she got the ksuva and she's married, turns out she's married, the false. What damage did they do to her? The damage is that she could have sold it to a speculator. The question is, why would you, who's going to pay her? If she's going to forgive her husband, she's not going to get a dime for it. So she said, there's answers that. Yeah, she could sell it and she could make a guarantee to the seller. She'll guarantee it. <clears throat> so therefore, he's going to pay for it. And that's what they tried to deprive her of. But in the case of a damagee, we can't force her to sell it and to guarantee it. To go to that extent, that we can't force her. <laughs> if you're going to ask, Why doesn't she sell it to the damagee, the one she damaged? In other words, he, I can't pay you, but I'll pay you with my ksuva. That it's worth something. It, at least you have something. It's a speculation, but at least you have something. That if my husband dies before me or he divorces me, you, you'll collect. You'll collect a hundred or two hundred dollars. So at least it's worth something. And if she gives it, has nothing to lose. No, you have nothing to lose. Yes, <coughs> she could forgive her husband, maybe. But at least, at least do that. At least there's a possibility she won't forgive her husband. At least let him have something. <coughs> anyway, she's getting that. What are you afraid of? <coughs> you gonna forgive? So I have nothing now. I'll have nothing then. But maybe she won't forgive. At least there's an option. There's a choice. There's a possibility that it'll get paid. But it says safe, safe. At the end of the day, call the government. She'll surely forgive. It's time to waste the time of the best and to force her to sell the ksuva to, to, to the damagee. When, when surely she's going to sell it, we don't, you know, we're not playing games. We're not wasting our time. It's a waste of time. According to you, the Tanya will learn the price. Let's say she damages her husband. She doesn't lose a ksuva. We don't say that 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 the pay, payment is that he he'll, he'll he'll minimize the ksuva. He'll take it off the ksuva. You hurt me. You wounded me. You have to pay me damages or the the five payments. I'm going to take it off. I'm going to take it off the ksuva. About my why? Why didn't she lose the ksuva? Tis benin and el ksuva. She should sell a ksuva lebaila to her husband. In exchange, you owe me money, so fine. So sell me, so I'm buying with that money that you owe me, I'm buying your ksuva. So therefore, whatever happens, I want to have to pay the ksuva. I mean, if you die first, there's no ksuva, and even if I die first, if I divorce you, it, the ksuva goes to me. I bought it. I'm not different than a stranger who can buy it. I'm a spec. I bought it. 
the machla lagabe balekup say the he doesn't lose anything. What the, what the, what's he afraid of? What she's gonna forgive? It's good for him if she forgives. If she forgives, he doesn't have to pay anything. <coughs> so I'm buying it that I won't have to pay the ksuba. <coughs> this guarantees that I won't have to pay the ksuba. Even if you don't forgive me, there's no way in the world I'm going to pay a dime for the ksuba. So you just saved me for the ksuba. You saved me a lot of money. You hurt me. You damaged me. You have to pay me. You have nothing to pay me with. You know what? You can pay me. Pay me by selling me the ksuba, and then I'll never have to pay the ksuba. So at least I save myself a hundred dollars or 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 two hundred zuz or two hundred zuz. No matter what happens, I won't have to pay the ksuba. You forgive me, Mazel tov. You won't forgive me. Then then if I divorce you or if uh, I die first, my estate, I don't have to pay anything. So at least at least it's something. The mother says, This price surely follows a meir. Can't live with your wife. She doesn't have a ksuba. Time and my The whole reason why, why did they enact the ksuba? Why you must have the ksuba at all times, and you can't live for a moment with your wife unless the ksuba to put a break, to put a stoppage that he can't, he won't, will hesitate before he divorces her. But hacha in this case, it's not an option. If 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 he gonna if he doesn't have to pay the ksuba. Then he has nothing stopping him from divorcing her. There's no consequences to the divorce. So in a, a fit of anger, he'll just divorce her and get rid of her, dispose of her. Oh my God, it's low. So he doesn't have to pay her anything. So that's why the Brice says he doesn't lose the ksuba. That's not an option. He can't pay. He can't pay her husband with the ksuba. He still has to be obligated to pay the ksuba. Otherwise, he can't live with her. If that's the case. He'll also divorce Even if he'll have to pay the ksuba. But what difference does it make? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, he doesn't pay her anything. So, so it's a game. Okay, I'm paying you the ksuba, but you owe me money. When it says a woman, she doesn't pay, she has no money to pay. The moment I pay you, you have money. Ah, give it back to me. You owe me. So anyway, he's not paying. There's no consequences. He can divorce her. He's not losing any money. He's going to get back that money right away. Yeah, you did gain. Why? Gain the nafrik What if it's a lot of money? It's more than the damage. Mm. Because of the little damage that she has to pay him, yeah, he'll collect back the damage, whatever, all the other money. Since he'll have to pay the full ksuva, and the ksuva is worth more than the damages, he'll think twice, three times, four times before he disposes of her before he divorces her. So it's effective. That's why you have to keep the ksuva. You can't sell it. If the ksuva is worth more. It's worth more than 100 and the 200. Worth more than midaraisa, you have to give her a hundred if she's not a virgin, two hundred. If he's saying the ksuba is worth more than that, in other words, he obligated himself to give her more. Like he said, the taisvus, he obligated himself to give her more than the minimum. So nukmak ksuba deraisa. She should sell. She should sell the ksuba to her husband, <coughs> so it has a value. 
and say that you just have to pay 100 and 200. We're not totally relieving the husband of paying the tzuv. He only sold, he's only buying the option for the excess. Whatever is above the 100 and 200, he's buying the option. Whatever it's worth in the marketplace. At least he's getting paid, at least he's getting some value. But the husband, the 100 and 200, that, that remains. That he must pay her no matter what. Because otherwise he has no incentive not to divorce her. Look, my sofa did eyes. The Eidach and the Zabna, but what's above the 200, 200, whatever he added, that she should sell to him. So at least he has a value, at least he's getting something for, for the damages. And he still has an incentive not to divorce her. So you might answer, we're talking about Galena Fishes, we're talking about a cave, so that I. No, there is, he didn't add anything. The whole ksuva is the 100 and 200. Therefore, it's not an option for, him to, for her to sell the ksuva to him because then he has no incentive not to divorce her. For example, the damage was for Zuzim. From Arbo, Zuzim, Loi, Mafsid, Esrim Chamisha Slayim, Aksuva is 25 seller, 200 Zuz. So for four Zuz, that he's going to be able to, to pay her, to, she's going to give her the Aksuva and then he'll be able to collect the four Zuz, but he's going to lose, he's going to lose. Lose 190 96 Zuzim. Makes no sense. So therefore, we have to, therefore, but we, he can't sell the Ksuva, keep the Ksuva, and that's an incentive not to, uh, not to divorce. Ella, you know what it says. 25, 25, you're talking about the case of uh, the Ksuva is 100. Let's say she was a widow or she wasn't a virgin, she's a widow, then it's 100, so 25 Sela is 100 Zuz. So for, for 4 Zuz, he's not going to lose 100 Zuz. He's, he's going to lose 96 Zuz because he's going to get back 4. So he has an incentive not to, not to divorce. Well, uh, according to you that you're saying that he, indeed, in a case where the Ksuva, he did add to the Ksuva, and it's worth more than the 100 and 200. Then she could sell it to her husband. If he damaged her husband, she could sell it to her husband. And, um, and so the husband gets some value for the damages. So how did Tanya, we learned, just like the woman can sell the ksuva to others when she's married to her husband, so too she won't lose the ksuva as long as she's married to her husband. In other words, even if she hurt her husband, she can't give up her ksuba. She can't sell the ksuba. She has. To, she still has to pay her. The question is, but there are ways that she does lose. If she hurts her husband, she will lose the ksuba. For example, how is this? In the fish ksuba, so that I said, the ksuba is worth more than the the minimal amount, a hundred and two hundred. He added a lot more to the ksuva. So then she could sell to her husband the additional, anything above the 100 and 200. Because then he still has an incentive not to divorce her because he still will have to pay the minimum the ksuva, the 100 and 200. 
Chal. In case of selling to others, this is not an option. You say you can't sell to others even if it's more than the minimum because then no one's going to buy it from her because she'll forgive her husband. But here, if she gives her husband, she can't live with her. She can't, it's not an option. She's not going to forgive her husband. So what's the problem? So what did the Braises say that she can never sell the Ksuvah? Some of it, Rav said, safe as you. This, this is the end of the Braise, the end of also the Ksuvah's Benindichim. Also the Ksuvah's Benindichim. We're talking about the, you write in the Ksuvah, you write a condition that her sons that she will have from her husband, even if her son, her husband is married to another wife and has other children, that her children, that if she predeceases her husband, and her husband inherits all of her property, her children will inherit her property. When he dies, they won't have to share that property with his stepbrothers, you know, for, from, from another marriage. All the property that the husband inherited from her will go to her children from her husband after his death. She doesn't want her property ending up with the stepchildren. These are not her kids, even though they're her husband's kids. So regularly you would say, if she dies first, the husband inherits all the property, now it becomes his property, and all of his children inherit it equally. So her, her children from her husband are going to lose out. They're not going to get the full property of, of their mother. They're going to have to share it with their stepbrothers. So she makes a condition tonight. It's called to make a condition. That's the condition that all the property that her husband, if she dies before her husband, her husband inherits all of her property, that when he dies, her sons exclusively will get that property. So this is what the Braise means. If she sells a ksuba to others, speculation, an option, that if there is a ksuba, if there is a ksuba, if she's divorced or she's a widow, they, they will get the ksuba. And then, but then she dies first. So the buyer gets nothing. She still did not sell the right of her, that her children, that her possession, that the husband took now inheritance of all her possession, and the husband died, it all goes to her children from her husband. They don't have to share it with their stepbrothers. From another wife, not her children. And we don't say, well, she sold it. So just like she sold the ksuva. If she was alive, right, would she collect the ksuva? No, she sold it. She gave it all away. So maybe her children shouldn't either sell it. So that's what we say. No, she didn't lose. That condition remains intact. My time of why. Why not? Why don't the children lose this, this right? Because they can say, Zuzu Yudan she needed money, so she sold the ksuva. She didn't mean to completely give away all of her rights to the ksuva, even our rights. She didn't sell our rights. She sold. She needed desperately needed money, so she sold the ksuva. She gave away her rights. That if the husband dies, if she becomes a widow, or or divorces her, she gave away a right. She sold the ksuva, but she didn't give away her children's rights. So kach same way, 
to Vazalabai, she sells the Ksuba to her own husband. Even though she loses the Ksuba now, anything above the 100 and 200. Nevertheless, she did not sell. She did not sell away the rights of her children. And if she dies first, and her husband inherits all of her property, and then her husband dies, all of her property goes exclusively to her children, her sons from her husband. My time away, so again, because she had no choice. She was forced. She had to sell her husband. She had to pay. She had to pay for the damage, whatever it was. She didn't intend to hurt her children. She was desperate. So she hurt herself and not her children. Mm-hmm. Mother says, Lema, let's say, this is an actment that if a wife sells her look, nevertheless, and she dies first, the husband gets to keep the property, not the buyer. Let's say it's an argument. Not everyone agrees. We learn one, but I say, says, a Canaanite slave, an under slave, it's not you punching back. You should treat him like a human being, with dignity. You can't kidnap him, it's in the Ten Commandments. You can't beat him if you poke his eyes out, or if you blind him, if you poke him, you blind him, or you knock his tooth out, he goes free. It's not a free war, it's not a hefkevel, do whatever you want. You don't, he's your slave, yes. But he's not your punching back, he's a human being. So the question is, it's only if the master, if the master, so who is considered the master? A woman gets married and she brings into the marriage, she has slaves, Canaanite slaves. So the husband gets to use the slaves. So she's responsible, but the husband gets all the fruits and the benefits of it. But so who knocks, if someone knocks out an eye, does the, free, does the slave go free? Who's considered the master of the slave? So the Tanis says, one Tanis says, it's only, it's only if the wife, because it's her slave. He gets the benefit and the takes possession of the slave. He gets the usage of the slave. But who owns the slave? Who's responsible for the slave? Who owns the slave? It's the wife. So only if the wife knocks out his eye and does the slave go free. But the husband doesn't go free. If the husband, if the husband knocks out the eye, the slave doesn't go free. He's not the owner. He's not the master. He just gets the usage of the slave. He doesn't own the slave. But learn a different brayse. Neither of them, neither of them are considered wise. Savrua they thought the cool alma. Everyone holds kinya peters lav kinya gudam. Everyone holds that just enjoying taking possession that I enjoy the fruits and the benefits doesn't mean that you own it. So just the f- mere fact that the husband gets the usage of the slave, it doesn't mean that he owns the slave. So my lad, the Bakr, so what's the argument then? The two brides, the two Tanaim are arguing as follows. That the woman is the master, and therefore the slave goes free. He doesn't hold it, she doesn't hold it with the Constitution. So she can sell it, since she has the power to sell it. So therefore she's the owner, she's the master. And if he pokes out his eye and knocks out his tooth, he goes free. Mando Amban, the one that says, So he, for sure not, because he has the usage of the slave, and that, according to everyone, is not considered the owner. But the question is him, he's, she's also not the master. Why? Because since she can't sell it, after the Tachonazavusha, she has no right to sell it. If she predeceases her husband, the husband gets the slave, not the buyer. So therefore, neither of them are master. So we see it's an argument. 
the Gemara says, Lo, no. You didn't understand the argument of the Baraisa. Everyone holds it to Constitution. One Baraisa is talking about before the enactment. You're right, everyone agrees. They both agree that taking possession and usage is not considered ownership. The question is about the woman. So before the Takonis of Usha, she can sell it, she's a master. Therefore, if she pokes at his eye, knocks at his tooth, he goes free. The Braisa says, not, it's after the Takonis. Then she's, she's talking about a master, because she has no ownership, she can't sell it. He buys him if you want to tell you. Really, both are talking about after the Takonis of and we they both hold it that the reason is why she considered the master if after the takana busha she can't sell it like said if if the borrower designated his axe you're going to collect your debt from this axe I'm dedicating my axe this is going to be your payment but then he goes ahead and sanctifies it to the temple to the altar or chametz a non-Jew lend money to a Jew and the Jew promised him and pay him he dedicated chametz I'm going to pay you with this with this chametz but he didn't leave it with a guy. It's in the Jew's possession. And then it comes Pesah, and now it's Chametz. You're not allowed to benefit from it. Let's say the Jew designated his Canaanite slave as payment for the debt. And then the master went ahead and freed the Canaanite slave. All these three things, it's no longer, the creditor can no longer collect, this Chametz can no longer correct, collect this Canaanite slave. Or is no longer a slave and can no longer collect from this animal is now dedicated to the altar as a as a sacrifice. He has to collect his, his debt elsewhere from elsewhere. So to with look, yes, the slave is connected to the husband, but when she knocked his tooth out, she blinded him. She freed him, and this freedom takes over, takes precedence over the commitment to the husband. We continue that one of one.